The former boss of Business New Zealand says it's past time for a proper government immigration strategy. The Prime Minister Christopher Luxon says current immigration settings or levels are certainly unsustainable and the position was echoed in fact by the Labour Party as well today. New Zealand had a net gain of nearly 120,000 migrants over the year to September, putting pressure on uh, housing and infrastructure. Iron Duke Partners Managing Director Phil O'Reilly says immigration settings are now too loose and he's encouraged by the Prime Minister's comments that a strategy was needed. Phil O'Reilly is with us now. Good morning, Phil. Morning, Karen. What do you make of the... Let's just talk about the current level. I mean, it's a surge post-COVID that has sort of gone on longer than perhaps people anticipated. Um, is it is it too much for our infrastructure to bear or would it actually be OK? It would be OK for last year. I mean, you can, you can live with these very high numbers for a year or two, but if you kept on doing that, you're going to get, to your point, some stress on infrastructure, but also... You'll get a whole bunch of people arriving who don't have the right skills, who aren't actually able to contribute. Uh, so really what you want over time is not to, not to stress about a number. Bear in mind, Karen, we lost 44,000 New Zealanders last year too. So you, know, you, you can never quite get the numbers right. So obsessing about a number is the wrong thing, I think. But the idea is to say, what, what's, the, what's the best balance here for making sure that employers have the skills that they need, but at the same time, making sure that they're also investing in skills training and, and uh, upgrading plant equipment, investing in capital equipment and so on, because that's actually the best way we'll get uh, productivity growth in the country. So that's why you need a strategy. This this endless politicking around opening the gates and closing them just gets us nowhere. Yeah, because there seems to be a general bipartisan consensus that immigration is good, that we want it, we need it, but it's just, as you say, those settings. Where, how would you take the politics, the, the bits that is political, out of it, the, those settings out of it? Well, I note that the Productivity Commission, uh, even the one that's just been you know, <laughs> disestablished, said in its report, I think, last year that immigration was a benefit to New Zealand, and I certainly take that view. But I think the, the, the key is to make sure that the, the system is nimble, uh, to take account of, of labour market needs, that it doesn't just have high-skilled migrants in it, that it also has migrants potentially who are lower-skilled, where you need people to you know, pour beer for our Christmas party in Queenstown, and they're not going to be high-skilled. We also need seasonal workers, so you need to take all of that into account, family reunifications, and then say what's reasonable. And I think the best way to start is to have an honest conversation with employers because they're very frustrated that over the last five or six years you've had famine uh, in, during COVID for obvious reasons, then post-COVID, and then this kind of opening of the doors, uh, which led to some bad outcomes, including migrant exploitation. So they, they all want a balance, and I think the best way through is actually to say what's, what's the reasonable balance, talking to the business community about what they logically need. There is an impact on the housing market. I mean, I see the Reserve Bank saying in its most recent statement that it is. Initially, it was sort of welcoming of immigration because it's taking some pressure off uh, in terms of providing more supply and more workers, and that helps with inflation. But then now it's starting to say, well, we're actually seeing immigration pushing up or putting a, a pressure on rents. Yeah, and, and bear in mind that it's not sort of one migrant, every migrant needs a house because some of them are going to visit families and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's not, it's not quite linear. Uh, the other point I'd note is, of course, that, that migrants also help build our infrastructure. So if you want those houses built, if you want those 13 roads of national significance that the government wants, actually going to need some migrants coming in to do that. We can't just do that off our New Zealand workforce. This is why you need a strategy. That's why you need a balance between making sure that you don't put unnecessary stress on, on housing stock and on roads and all the rest. And at the same time, you're also growing the economy and, and no developed economy in the world, Karen, doesn't have a problem in terms of getting the right labour labour force, they're all 
uh, fighting hard for mm. migration and migrants. So that's what we need to do. Well, it's here. interesting, isn't it? Because this is prompted in a way by Australia. I mean, they've, they've just announced that they are putting some restrictions or tightening things, and in particular students they seem to be focused on. But they, they've had half a million in, in yeah. a year for their population, but similar per capita levels. There does seem to be a trend here for some uh, you know, countries similar to New Zealand. Um, is that something, do you think, you know, I guess is this going to continue? I mean, is this, we are, ultra, look, we've got our problems, haven't we, New Zealand, but, but perhaps compared to other parts of the world, we're going to remain attractive. Well, the, the problem is which sort of migrants you're talking about. So if you're talking about nurses, police, doctors, anaesthetists, uh, skilled engineers and so on, Australia will still want them in a big way, including getting them from outside of the Tasman, right? So the, the language that the Australian government's using about cutting numbers doesn't stop the fact that there'll be a fierce competition right. For, right around the world, by the way, for many of the migrants that we most want. So that's, you know, once again, you come back to making sure it's as easy as possible to get those people in, pay them well, uh, and keep them here. Mm. And to, just finally, in terms of the infrastructure debate, to in order to ensure that people aren't blaming immigrants for infrastructure issues, uh, should we be look, talking about this in terms of a population strategy so that when we yeah. are planning new roads, new hospitals, new schools, we are thinking about it in terms of the growth in the overall population, and that's where you could argue governments of the past have failed. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Karen. We, we blame migrants for a lot. Uh, that, that actually has nothing much to do with them. Uh, we've had 30 or 40 years of lack of investment in infrastructure, and even if we had zero migration, we'd still have some stress and pressure on, on those kinds of on those kinds of things. So I think, yes, you're absolutely right. I think we do need a, a population uh, a conversation in New Zealand. And also, I think we need to celebrate the value that migrants bring to us much more. We, we tend to think of them as a burden. Actually, they're a wonderful uh, addition to our country and a wonderful addition to our communities and, and our prosperity. So I think our population strategy enables us to have that kind of conversation so I support that. Very good, nice place to leave it. Thank you very much. Phil O'Reilly there from Iron Duke Partners, former boss of course of Business NZ, just commenting on uh, those issues around immigration